and welcome back to Talk Richmond. I'm Jim Millard, your host. I'm excited to be back talking to you in 2021 for this new series. If you have any thoughts on what you'd like to hear on this new series of Talk Richmond, please email us on talk at richmond.gov.uk. But let's crack on with this first episode of Series 2, where I will be talking to the Director of Public Health at Richmond Council, Shannon Cotillo. Before becoming Director of Public Health, Shannon worked at Public Health England in the Centre for Infectious Disease Surveillance and Control, and Shannon is joining us to talk about the current COVID-19 situation. We will be discussing why we're back in a national lockdown, what the situation looks like in our local hospitals, the rollout of the vaccine, and the question of anti-vaxxers. So, welcome Shannon. Thank you, Jim. It's my pleasure. It's very nice to see you and to have you back. We spoke to you last time, and that was in... July 2020, when we were discussing avoiding a second peak of coronavirus, all the things we could do, and I know the communities worked really hard on that, but sadly, for one reason or another, we're now experiencing another peak in infections and deaths, and we're in another national lockdown. Can you explain why we're in this position? Yes, thank you. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the time has just really gone very quickly uh, between the last time we spoke and now, and obviously a lot has happened we're now uh, in what is very definitely a second peak of COVID-19 virus. And we started to see the rates rise, I think, um, just after the summer holidays in September, where we had seen very little by way of new infections. And then that has uh, rapidly progressed and, and, and become worse as we've entered winter. Now, I think, you know, we're seeing very high levels of infection. There are possibly several explanations for that, but I'll sort of focus on the two things that I think are some of the biggest contributing factors to to what we're seeing. I think the first thing is the levels of testing have increased significantly. So we're testing many more people than we did before uh, in the first phase of the pandemic. Uh, And as some of your listeners will know, we're even testing people who don't currently have symptoms just because we now understand that there's a high level of uh, transmission even from people who don't have any symptoms. So in the first phase of the pandemic, the first peak, we were mostly testing people in healthcare settings, uh, and we largely missed any cases in the community uh, or in people who didn't have symptoms or those with uh, less severe illness. Now, the second uh, factor, which is more worrying, is late last year, we became aware of a new COVID variant of concern, uh, and we know that this spreads more easily, and studies have shown that the new strain is transmitted up to 71% more readily when compared with other variants. So I think these are the two main things that are contributing to to the increase that we're seeing now. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Shannon. That's, That's very clear. What's the situation like now in our local hospitals, such as Kingston Hospital? So the situation in the hospitals is is very serious. There is a growing strain on the NHS and in hospitals uh, all over the country, really. And particularly because we're in the winter months where normally would expect to see more activity, more people going into hospital and being admitted for various reasons, including flu, norovirus. What we're now seeing is a rising number of hospital admissions that are related to COVID, and this is adding significant pressure on the NHS. So uh, the hospitals are under significant pressure from the people they would normally see from the winter activity, but also now rivaled by uh, increasing rates of uh, COVID admissions. Mm. Well, that's very serious and that's understood. Mm.
The vaccine means there's significantly more hope in this third lockdown. Could you tell us a little about its rollout? Absolutely. So in the UK, your listeners might know that we now have three vaccines that have been approved. We've got the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, we've got the AstraZeneca vaccine, and more recently, we've also had the Moderna vaccine that that has been approved for use in the UK. Now, all these vaccines require two doses in order for them to provide longer lasting protection, which is what we absolutely want. Uh, And the evidence from phase three trials indicates that they do offer a high level of protection against serious disease and death from about two weeks after the first dose. Obviously, longer term protection will be provided by having a second dose as well. The vaccine started off being offered in some of our uh, local hospitals, but in the last few weeks has also been rolled out to GP surgeries through groups of uh, GP practices, which are sometimes called primary care networks. And that's to ensure that within those groups of practices, they can uh, get together and ensure sufficient coverage for the the, the population that they serve. Now, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, as we know, has to be stored at very low temperatures, whereas the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine can be stored in a fridge. And I think what that does is allow opportunities for it to be delivered much closer to to where people uh, live and uh, with a little bit more ease. So hopefully with these two vaccines now on stream, we'll see more people who are in the priority groups for vaccination getting the vaccines. And obviously, as we go further down the line, when we start to get supplies of the Moderna vaccine, then even more people in priority groups can access this uh, crucial vaccine. Absolutely. The vaccine seems to be offering a lot of hope for a way out for this. And the one cause for concern is, unfortunately, we have seen what's called colloquially anti-vaxxers, perhaps on social media out there, spreading incorrect information about vaccines. And although these people are small in number, they do threaten the UK's mass immunisation COVID programme. Even recently, posters were placed in in the boroughs' parks that included anti-vaccination sentiment and COVID denier messaging That's really concerning. What's your response to this? I think my response to that is uh, we've always relied on vaccines for for, for a really long time since vaccines uh, came came on board to help uh, stop the spread of infectious disease. And I'm sure most of the people now would have had some of their childhood vaccines, which have helped us to, to get rid of, you know, some of those childhood infectious diseases such as polio, tetanus, and and other conditions that people now might not even think of. Uh, And obviously, people have never really doubted any of those vaccines and have willingly taken them in order to protect themselves and to protect the rest of the population from illness. Now, the vaccines approved for use in the UK have met the same strict standards of safety, quality and effectiveness as all those vaccines and other vaccines uh, that, that people will take. They've gone through the same clinical trials, the same safety checks as all other licensed medicines would go through. The only difference is whilst some of the processes might have been done uh, sequentially, in order to try and uh, get this great big massive effort to get the vaccines uh, available as quickly as possible, some of those steps have been conducted in parallel. And so that's potentially the the change or the difference in terms of why uh, we, we're fortunate enough to have these vaccines coming along as quickly as they have. 
Now, I think it's also important to mention that, you know, disinformation is being targeted uh, as a local authority. We're doing quite a lot of work with our communications team to try and dispel some of this disinformation. Mm. So uh, what sort of things can we do to target disinformation? I think we can do things to target disinformation at organizational levels, but also at individual levels. So, for example, people who are working in the care sector, in care settings, in voluntary organizations where you might encounter people who are eligible for the vaccine or they're in the priority groups to encourage them to get their information from reputable sources of information, such as the NHS website, such as the government website. I think individually, we can also do our bit by not propelling some of the things that we might come across on social media or, you know, through some of the social networking groups that we might be part of uh, and really actually confronting uh, some of the people we know who are perpetuating some of that information or actually to change the conversation and signpost those groups or social media users to uh, more responsible and reputable sources of information. It's very important, isn't it, that everyone gets vaccinated? I mean, how, how does that play into it? Obviously, if you personally get vaccinated, that gives you protection. But there's a thing about, you know, the more people who get vaccinated, the more effective the vaccine is. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. So there is a concept uh, that we call herd immunity, where when you have a certain proportion of the population vaccinated, then that means you can effectively reduce the levels of a disease spreading in the community to the level where it's less likely that those who haven't been vaccinated will get it. Obviously, it's important to remember that even if people have had infection from COVID, uh, they might still be offered longer term or longer lasting protection by still going ahead to, to, to get the vaccine. And what's, what's the experience like if anyone's wondering about what it would involve for them to receive the vaccine? Currently, we're encouraging people to obviously wait until they get an invitation from their GP for the vaccine. Because as I did mention before, we do have these priority groups. Uh, the single biggest risk factor for death or serious illness from COVID is increasing age. So people who are of an older age, older adults, will be the first ones to get their, their invitations. This could be by text, by phone or by letter from their GP practice. And then they will be invited to the GP practice where they would go through the usual questions that you might be asked before you're given a vaccine and then they will just get the jab in their in their arm and 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 that's it really now obviously as with any other medication there there might be some side effects noted but those will be discussed uh, with people at the point where where they're getting the vaccine and obviously they would need to give their consent to get the vaccine I'd also just like to remind Richmond residents that there have been some reports of a new scam where a person receives a text saying they need to book a vaccination appointment and it takes them to a fake NHS form or website which then asks for their bank details to prove their identity. Please share uh, this information more widely that the NHS will never ask for people's banking information. This is a texting scam and the scam has been reported in the media. And this is also important. And, you know, you've talked about the strain on the NHS and how it's affecting not just COVID care itself, but of course, you know, even if you think 
you're in a group that's not particularly at risk um you know someone young might might think they won't get seriously ill but you know they 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 might not have thought about the impact if they have to be rushed to hospital for a separate illness or injury it's so important that we all do what we can and you know listeners know this and they might even be tired of hearing it but you know I want to ask again what should we be continuing to do now especially given the concerns about this new variant to help stop cases from rising and relieve pressure on the NHS thank you so i think the first thing that's important to reiterate is Despite all the pressure on the NHS, they have made changes to make sure it's safe for people to be seen during coronavirus. And there are other ways to get medical help and prescriptions, for example, online or over the phone. GPs can still do consultations with people over the phone. So I'm urging people not to neglect any urgent uh, medical needs during coronavirus. Now, the other measures that we've been following all along still apply, even if we now have a new variant of COVID. We all need to continue to follow the government uh, guidance on COVID-19. We need to stay at home. We need to remember to wash our hands all the time, cover our faces when we're in public spaces, and of course, keep our distance from anyone who we don't live in the same, in the same household with. Now, anyone could have coronavirus, so we all need to act like we have it and everyone else has it. And that will help to keep us safe all the time. We know that one in three people don't show any symptoms, even when they have coronavirus, and they could be spreading it without knowing. From a public health perspective, I want to urge people to keep moving. We know exercise is good for us and we are allowed to exercise once a day. So this is really important. Obviously, if you show symptoms of coronavirus, get tested and stay at home. You can order a home test kit on the government website, or you can call 119. And in Richmond, we do have a couple of testing centers, one at Twickenham Stadium and the other one at Old Deer Park Car Park. And finally, if you are providing essential work, volunteering, or providing support for someone who is vulnerable, and you are not experiencing symptoms, you can also apply for a rapid test on the council website. Um, and if you don't have access, then you can call the council on 020-88-911-411. Thank you so much for your time, Shannon. I know you're very busy, so it's very much appreciated. And thanks to everyone for listening. It's been really good to hear from Shannon about this. It is a scary, a difficult and an ex exhausting time. And I really hope that everyone listening at home is doing okay. And, you know, if you are struggling, that is totally normal and help is available. And we've put information about that in this episode's show notes. So check those for further information. The next few weeks are going to be critical. So it's really important, to, as, as Shannon's pointed out, to stay at home, to do everything we can to protect our loved ones and the NHS. In our next episode, we'll be talking to the police about how they're managing during the crisis, including making sure people are following the rules. If you have any feedback or questions, please do email us on talk at richmond.gov.uk and feel free to leave a review and subscribe if you're on a platform that allows you to do that. I'm Jim Millard. Thanks for listening. Listener.